Hi, and welcome to Prague Will Find a Way. So today we're going to talk about some uh, new releases. First being um, Porcupine Tree's live album and uh, music video. And the other being Peter Gabriel's I.O. album. Yes. And we'll talk a bit about Peter, all of Peter's career. Yeah. But yeah, new. Uh, who would so, have thought? It's been so many years. But right. It's been a million years Yeah, take for us him. through the Porcupine but Tree. Porcupine Tree. Uh, now, you showed me this before. We listened to a lot of it. It's very cool. Is this the standard Bog version or is this the deluxe I version? I did not get anything special for okay. this particular one. So this is one. the way so they sure. went to market. Yeah. So that's I think very they, cool they, they might have a CD for all I know, but I just wanted to get the music nice. and... I wanted the video and the Atmos mix, which again, uh, you know, Stephen Wilson is way on that, high on that uh, horse or whatever you want to say. Um, so this is a uh, music, a concert video filmed in Amsterdam, uh, and it's got the it's the reunited Porcupine Tree after twelve years of uh, not being on the road. They release an uh, album closer. Uh, closure continuum i believe is the name of it and uh then went on tour and they play basically that whole album interspersed with yeah interspersed with a bunch of older material um and it's really really good um (laughs) they don't have the same band as before it's still richard barbieri and gavin harrison stephen wilson but this time they're supplemented by nate navarro on bass and uh, Randy McStein on guitar and vocals. Um, it's a great concert, and it's a really good cross section of all their their stuff. Uh, obviously, they've got a, a lot of the new album is on here, but they're they play stuff from um, everything from uh, In Absentia. Not everything, but five songs from In Absentia, uh, four from Fear of Blank hmm. Planet. Only one from Deadwing, one from Lightbulb Sun, one from Recordings, one from Stupid Dream, and one from The Incident. So Nothing uh, from the sky moves sideways? No, or Signify, which is one of my favorites of theirs. But um, Can't have everything. You can't have everything, but it's a really good cross-section, and I think they did uh, a nice job kind of representing Porcupine Tree after a 12-year uh, absence. I think that they're... Um, their current thinking is, if it happens, it happens. As far as moving ahead, which is great. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're they're not making anybody promises. They've been work. They had been working on this the music for the new album. I think uh, on and off right. over a number of years, and yeah. they finally thought that it was time to do it. Obviously, Gavin Harrison is very busy uh, doing a ton of things. Uh, Pineapple Thief. Yeah, he was doing Crimson for a while. So, I mean, there's that band. a yeah. lot a lot of stuff uh, on everybody's plate. And uh, Stephen Wilson obviously has a prolific solo career. They've all said, you know, if we make new music, we'll tour again. Right. But I don't think they're going to go out as a uh, nostalgia act. Um, nice. But it's funny, he does say in, in, the, in the show, there it's a very large venue. There, It's the Ziggo Dome Arena. And um, where? Uh, it's in Amsterdam. Okay. And I'm sorry, there's a ton of people you. there. And yeah. he said, you know, one of the first things he says is he goes, you know, last time we played was 12 years ago. And apparently our audience has gotten a lot bigger because <laughs> the place is filled. And he goes, maybe we'll stay away for another 12 there years and see where we're playing next time. But 
you know, their, their, um, the, the myth of porcupine tree over the past 12 years has grown, I guess, right. substantially. Um, and so he's, he's, Stephen Wilson has become much more in the oh, public eye since, totally. since the incident, which was their last uh, yeah. studio album. So, you know, the, the growing audience gives them thought, I would think, to, to keep, keep going with it. It's a little more of an incentive, I yep, think. I would think, but you never know. Uh, but true to their and their ideas, ideals, I should say, <laughs> they're not going to just go out and do it for the money at this point. You know, who knows what the future will bring because they're all busy doing their own thing. Right. And so. um, I guess we were remiss because Porcupine Tree got their start in the late 80s and we never oh. mentioned them in the, right. well, in the 80s we were, episode. I think we were holding off on those bands that started in the late 80s but and became 90s hit bands. Hit their stride. Right. Hit their stride. Speaking of the 90s and what you said before about, um, you know, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> It's a, a kind of a prog joke, but because we used to say this in the '90s, you, you can't always get what you want. But if you go see Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, you can be damn sure you're going to get a 20 minute Rondo America encore. You know they won't play the full Tarkus, but they'll, you'll they'll get, keep you'll doing get that. a good chunk. You'll get a good that. <laughs> All right, so Peter Gabriel's Peter IO Gabriel. Album, I mean, you which know, he he released. Song by song with the moon cycle or something yeah. like that. How many uh, years in between albums? Because you know that was became it was yeah. almost a meme. It was before memes yeah. were memes. It was I oh, don't Peter know Gabriel, exactly, but it this was like, is the year Peter it, Gabriel. It's like twenty years. Twenty two years or yeah. something. It's like you know this this is the year Peter Gabriel's going to release a new album. It's the same thing people say about Jimmy Page. When is Jimmy Page going to do <laughs> right. something? Like what are you waiting for? You know. Well, if you don't have anything to say, I don't. It, you shouldn't just put an album out, particularly if you're if you're comfortable with. Your life, if you're right? comfortably numb. But if, <laughs> but no, but if you have something to say, I think then you do it. But otherwise, okay. you, if you if you're just a contract right musician that you have to, you have three more albums that and you, your you, jukebox that, that you the know? the record company you owe, you just do them. But I don't know just that he puppet. felt that way, right? Uh, he certainly is no puppet. So, what's your thoughts? Uh I think it's fine. You know, I mean, it's. Are we too? I mean, I, I don't want to say it. Like, am I too old to be blown away by, you know, some other old man's album? Is that a good way to say it? Right. Like, I think it's like his life experiences and whatnot are not make it so this is the kind of album he's going to do. He's not going to make another three or two or, or, what, or whatever. So on its own merits... I like it, you know, yes. and of course, any opportunity, because just it's it's not just the songs, it's the whole production, the soundscape, right? You know, come on, I love Tony Levin, anything that's got Tony Levin on, and he always has good people. And, it, you know, so so there's that. Um, but it's not something that I would probably choose to listen to much in the future. I don't foresee myself saying, oh, I, f I feel like hearing that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, well, I've been listening to it a lot over the past couple of weeks, okay. right? And um, I really like it, but there's nothing to me on it that is brand new, sparkling new, that yeah. 22 years, here's my new statement of where I am today because it's feels to me like it's that's where you were before it also feels like a whole like i like it better I, than his last studio album well which i was, also do 
I think it was, I understand why he did it, because we talked about this in a, in a previous episode, releasing each song early, because it it is kind of a, like a... Elongated a, the a, entire process. Yeah, where it, the whole thing is a thing, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's got a, it's, there's differences there, but it's got a sound to it. It's not like a lot of variety in the sound to the songs. Right, and speaking of that, there, there's this whole mix concept on this album where you have the bright side mix and the dark side right. mix, where he gave the songs to two different producers and they came back with two different mixes in theory very interesting in practice i'm hard pressed to tell the difference between the two songs and i'm not a big a b guy that i'm gonna go listen to that song and then i'm gonna listen to the different version i agree um but as i listen through i'm like which mix is this Right. Am I on the dark side or the bright side? Because they are, it's, the material remains the same. And I think that the strength of the material unto itself gives you these songs, right? right? So I think that both producers picked the best spots and they both ended up with stuff that was very similar. I mean, I'm sure some people forensically will tell me that, oh, well, the bass sound is so different on this one, or it's a, it feels a little bit more atmospheric on this song. Just me listening, I'm not, I'm, it doesn't grab me. It's not like you, two different people remixed these albums and changed the, any of the songs right. at all. Whichever, whichever it's a, it's one. It's a mix of the yeah. same song Which, versus yeah. a remixing of the songs. Yeah, so whichever right? one you're hearing at the time. Similar feelings in what we were talking about with the, the Yes album box, with all the different mixes. Sometimes I didn't know which one I was right. listening to. To be completely honest, I would have preferred a third mix. Like, what's your mix? Like, what's give me the produced finished product. Uh, you know yeah. why make well, me listen to two? Well, there is an Atmos mix on the on the right. if you buy that, but I did not save listen those to for the you know deluxe box set in twenty years. I mean, because that's usually what people do, right? right. A lot of times they re-release them. It's like, right. oh, here was the alternate mix or the original mix or something. I felt like it. I understand the concept and it's cool, but. I what, wanted. I wanted I want more. Your, I want your artistic statement. Like, don't make me sit here and choose. Like, <laughs> no, no. I'm serious. I'm I like, I want to get into what you meant. And yeah. so Fair all enough. this tells me is that maybe the Atmos mix is the, it, the it, final. It, it, the it, final it must statement. be. Well, it could also be. I'm confu I'm confused because of you know I I don't buy um you know the I'm not buying product. physical media anymore. I'm relying on streaming. Well, did you find a lot of difference between the dark side and no, the bright side? No, no. But what I'm saying is that I shouldn't. Ha I don't want to AB it. You know, this is right. Understood. But I don't, I don't even AB, think that I need to AB no, it because they sound the same. <laughs> they do. But it's like, I want to AB something once I know something, not like, oh, here's, um, yeah, and you know, it's like, it's like if you get when you get when you go to happy hour and you can get wings, you can only choose one type of wing. You know, you can't get a little of this and a little of that. You know, it's like you can right. get barbecue wings or buffalo wings or teriyaki wings. You know, you can't get one one teriyaki, one this, one that. And I feel like I, you know, let me get used to one flavor of the wings and you're just like dumping it all on me. Wow. You know, are so. you hungry? <laughs> That was the so only that, metaphor that so, came in my head. So then musically. Musically, it's... It's very good. The the thing that I found is Peter Gabriel has um, influenced so many people, right? Yeah. This is the first time I've listened to a Peter Gabriel album that I'm like, that kind of sounds like somebody else. I.O. to me sounds like Coldplay. Okay. 
right? Uh, Just yeah. the way the music moves, and, yeah. and it, it's, it's got a Coldplay feel to me. I I would think right? that that's probably it's Gabriel through the through a more contemporary lens, and that I think is part of the influence right. of the other creatives around him and and what he's I mean it's not like he hasn't done anything over the ensuing right, but years he, but I think that's just where his head's at I always you know what comes in my brain is like I mean this is a weird thought it's like in America they do this you know I maybe they do it overseas in Europe too I don't know but you know in America it was like you know it was um you know like a, t- a tour it was like you know Donald Fagan Michael McDonald and uh uh, who's another one of those cats? Boss Gags. Like, that was a tour. You know, it's like Dean Martin, uh, yeah, you know, Sammy Davis, you're the rap pack. So it's like, I, I listened to this and I heard him, and that was what I'm like, you know, they need a rap pack tour. Like, him, uh, Kate Bush, and like Brian Ferry, you know, because there has to be a slightly odd one out. So yeah. Brian Ferry will be like the Sammy Davis Jr. of the crew. But I always thought that that would be because they're all playing in that same kind of atmospheric yeah. you know, you know, right. talking about 80s prog, because a lot of that sound started with those bands we were talking about, the yeah. OMDs yeah. and those early synthy bands when they had crappy equipment and one keyboard. And so you held a couple of notes and you got these like swirling things and sometimes i feel like what we're hearing today the cold plays who i feel took a lot of that synth pop sensibility into their current time and it has this you know the this, this like oh i guess that's what the 2020s sound like you know what i mean yeah but at the yeah Coldplay has this kind of anthem sort of feel to some of their songs yeah, oh, and totally. that's what i yes. was getting out of oh, okay. that song okay, you know that, that chorus yes. that comes on yeah. and okay he, but even some of the way yeah. that he phrases stuff okay. sounded like chris martin to me you know um and then there's another song i think it's love can heal that reminded me of the current marillion okay just the way he was phrasing stuff i was playing it in the car and my wife was like is this a new marillion song <laughs> Just he's, and I'm sure Steve Hogarth would be very happy that I made that Total comparison. Compliment. But, yeah, um, it, that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, that I was like, oh, the phrasing sounds very much like that. But you know, I'm sure Peter Gabriel isn't even thinking that. But I kind of was feeling I'm I'm feeling Peter sounding more like other people than like himself on right. this album in certain instances. Yeah. Yeah, um, whether that's conscious or not. Right. Who I knows? Know. I mean, but Well, it's not like yeah. he's he's going to do a Marillion take because they're well, the course. biggest band in the yeah. in the world. It's right. the 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 Coldplay I can yeah. understand, but I, I but it just was one of those things. Well, that, and I think, you know, we we kudos i guess to him that he still absorbs that stuff it's like when we were talking about rush absorbing at the time you know more of the policey kind of reggae things and and doing their tune it's like and they never shied away from that and they tell you know i think some of that is this it's just he's out there right it's it's yeah, it's but I don't even feel musically that he's changed that much on this album. No, I was, no, I was hoping for a little bit more uh, of of uh, a progression for him, right? Whereas this is a, it's a great collection of songs, and it sounds really good, and it sounds like Peter Gabriel, 
but it's nothing I haven't I really know. heard before. It's a lot of this stuff sounds like it sounds. It's like there's a time like yeah but like, we talked about we when we talked we didn't talk about the sound but to me i hear a lot of this stuff and now it all reminds me of the just freaking, the frog or or sledgehammer no 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 <laughs> it reminds me of roger waters and dark side oh. of the moon not not oh. the, some the, the delivery but the old man you know the the oh, the I the feel whole that. i it's the vibe <laughs> it's the atmospheric kind of ambience of the sound it's oh. it's there the, yeah. it's like this has nothing to do with Peter, oh. but it's like they took Roger Waters out of the 80s and just plopped him in and said, you know, just just read this, you know, and they had this whole they. thing going in the background. He had nothing to do, with, you know, and it's just a modern sound. Yeah, well, um, I don't think that's true with Roger. Don't you think Roger? No, of course. He knows exactly yeah. what he's doing, but it's the same example. It's like. Yeah. Got He's it. working with the best people in the day who are the architects of the sounds of the 2010s yeah. and 20s. So that's why this stuff has it, it. It it has that sound. You also want to be relevant, you know? Yeah. You want to be relevant. And a lot of it is let's not discount the equipment and everything's going, you know, everything is is digital. Well, look, we, we do this entire podcast it's it's all you know we have a camera it's film but it's all done on an ipad it's all recorded it's all edited it's all published so it, there's a certain uh sameness depending on what kind of applications you're using and this and that we don't want to go down that road so but i did find some of the sounds even though it might be 22 years yeah. later to be very similar to some of their old his older stuff i mean just the the groove and the bass and the drums. There's it, enough it, there where you it, can. It's very reminiscent. Points yeah. back, which is is cool. It's okay. Yeah, but again, I would prefer that I didn't get. Not that I want him to do an orchestral album or something like that. Which he we did. Already did that. We did right? that. Scratch, scratch my back. Yeah, and scratch your back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't think they're no, counting. No, no, that was they're something not counting, else. They're, they're not, not counting. counting okay, that, that was something 22 else. years. Okay. I think it's 22 yeah. years since his new material. Right, the, right, whatever the last album was, I yeah. don't remember. So what's your experience with Gabriel? Like, how did you come upon him? And what, have, did you ever see him solo? I did not ever see him okay. solo. That was one of those situations that I never, I mean, I have plenty of his uh, concert films, but I never saw him uh, solo. Uh Probably, you know, Games Without Frontier. Well, Soulsbury Hill, I, I had heard, but right. um, first albums I got was probably Security Album. And then, so. Yeah. And then I went back and got the other ones. Right. Yeah, I think um, uh, Security was three, right? No, no, three was Melt. Yeah, so three was, was the melt. fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one. So I remember... Remember being with my parents in a Caldors. So if you're in the U.S. in the East, you'll know you'll know that. Um, and I saw the cover. I was already into Genesis at the time, yeah. and I had heard Peter Gabriel had been in, and I had heard Lamb, and I had heard this. But I think I may have. Oh no, of course I heard the second. I'd already heard the second album, um, and and it was there. And I because we we never knew when stuff was coming out. It right. just it you went to up. a store. It was like, what is this? Oh my god! <laughs> so I bought it. It was fucking amazing. You know, what an amazing freaking album. Yeah. And then Security was great. Um, but my favorite is still two. You know, I, oh. I, I mean, the, the just because that was all that era that I loved and grew up in. The whole, yeah. that whole, you know, Fripp Exposure, that one, you know, that big three trilogy and the Daryl Hall album, which didn't come out till later. But, 
you know, we we I grew up outside in a suburb of New York. My parents got the New York Times. They talked about Fripp and this kind of talking heads, all that stuff. Yeah. That whole New York scene was covered hugely. So even though I couldn't be a part of it because I was like 14 or 15, uh, I still knew what was going on. Got it. And and yeah. so you know and and Gabriel's tangentially related being being contemporary, um, but Daryl Hall certainly was at that point. And Blondie and I mean you'd see pictures. They have pictures in the New York yeah, Times yeah, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. You know, Gilda Radner and Fripp and Debbie Harry and Daryl Hall. And it was like what you know what is this weirdness here? Uh, but anyways, back to Gabriel. I was lucky enough to see him a few times in those early days because he played in places around Connecticut. I have to hand it to him because his shows were always theatrical. Like his shows always needed to be in a theater. I saw him in places that were not theaters and he would still try to do, the do whole it. Thing. He would do it. Like we saw him, there was a club uh, in, in, in uh, West Hartford, Connecticut, the West Hartford Agora. And it was just, it was like a cafeteria and, and there yeah. was a stage and he came there during the security, which I had seen, I think at like the Beacon Theater, which was different. You were in seats. I think and they I saw Billy Idol there. Okay. And they came in from the back doing Rhythm of the Heat with the drums yeah. and they all had the drums around and they came down the aisle and boom. <laughs> so they attempted to do that at the Hartford Agora. Yeah. And uh, and the interesting thing about that show is it didn't start till midnight because David Bowie was playing in New Haven Coliseum and they announced that Peter's at the at the Bowie show, so he won't be back till 1130 and the show will go on at midnight. And they said, you know, maybe David will come. You know, you know oh, just sure. trying to get, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Trying to so get anyways, people to stick around. At midnight, you start hearing <laughs> drums in the back and everybody's like, what? And I'm like, seriously? It's everybody's, it's a general admission standing only. So they start beating the drums and everybody kind of like Gets slowly out of the moves way. out of the way. It was the hilarious thing. And they jump up on stage and they do the show. He gave 110%, even at clubs. He'd be hanging off things, yeah. you know, d- during Shock the Monkey. Th- those were amazing shows. I mean, you had Larry Fast on keyboards and Tony Levin, uh, David Rhodes, who still plays yeah. guitar with him, and Tony still plays. And then I saw So. And, you know, I'm always cynical, jaded. You know, I was like, oh, it's good, but, you know. Oh, really? I love this album. lost the edge. No, no, I like the album, and I love the tour. I saw that tour, too. But that's when he... But then the, he got popular. He hit the big time. He hit the big time. There you go. <laughs> he hit the big time, and it was great. I loved to see it, and I thought Sledgehammer and the video was was yeah. was amazing. I, that did Jesse. Him. You that could hear did. Tony Levin so loud on something on the radio. It was like, yeah. But that MTV really helped him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. That Sledgehammer video. Yeah. it just became like it was whatever. Nineteen eighty six. That was it. And then he got on the train with so many other bands and slowed down their releases to drip. Drip. Because what was the next one after that? Um, I know it started with Digging in the Dirt. Red Rain was on it. No, Uh, Red Rain's on so. But um, it's, uh, what is it? It's the Red Album cover where he's kind of like, it looks like a ghost. And it's... uh... (laughs) How pathetic are we talking about Peter Gabriel? I can't and remember. We that. can't even remember the name well, of the well, album. Yeah, I like that album. Yeah, that had... we're, we're old. Okay, so um... <laughs> I'll go back. Um, and then the one after that was uh, was up, right? Yes, we had some. Uh, let's not forget the, uh, the Birdie soundtrack. Yeah, Birdie and the Birdie Passion was of amazing. Christ, right? Birdie do... was amazing only because it was a lot of it was bits from. 
previous release songs. <laughs> it was from the first four albums. But that 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 was a pretty amazing uh, that was a pretty amazing album. All right, here we go. And he had live albums too. He did sound other soundtracks as well. Rabbit Proof Fence. Us. That's yeah, right. To... Yeah. Yeah. The red one. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um. But then the Ovo project was kind of cool. Ooh, yeah, it was oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Long my, one on. of my favorites on that is that Elizabeth Fraser Paul Buchanan song when they do Upside Down. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And then uh, Up, obviously. And then another live album, right? Yeah. Growing Up Live. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then we and get then to the, Scratch My yeah, Back. Blood, and... New Blood. Yep. That's what the orchestra. Was... New Blood is the orchestral one, right? Right. Scratch My Back is other people playing his songs, and Scratch Your Back is him playing other people's songs. And then he did that tour with Sting. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Remember. Which and Sting sang the beginning of the Dancing Out with the Moonlight Night. The, uh, okay. the thing that Phil Collins used to sing at the beginning of Carpet Crawlers, the uh, beginning of that, yeah, song, yeah, you know, yeah, Paper yeah, Late. Yeah. That that little intro, uh, Sting did that. Wow. Yeah, so it's on YouTube. It's, right. it's like wow, Sting is singing Genesis. So, did you ever see him more recently? No, the last tour I saw was so because I started to not be as into the albums as much as I had been into the earlier ones. Got it. You know, I started yeah. same thing. Uh, same thing that I had with Rush. You know, I just he started. Just fell, I just started losing interest. You liked interest. it, but you didn't love it. And and I I didn't go away from his work. I mean, I still felt like everything was valid. It just didn't speak to me in the same way. And then it became, you know, years between albums. You yeah. know, so it was like, yeah, I remember that was a cool album. It was like three years ago, and you know, I might listen to one or two songs, but yeah, because Up was two thousand two. So okay, yeah, so twenty years. Yeah. But the newer stuff, you know, because it came out so infrequently and I had streaming, I could listen to the orchestral stuff, you know, then I could go listen to the Scratch My Back, Scratch Ears, listen to the new album. Um, I haven't gone back to I, I've listened to some of the stuff, some of the live albums because I was interested. But that middle period, you know, Up and, and Us, uh, those I just I, I don't listen to that much. But us had some great songs on it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm. It's. It's mean. It's. It's me, not Peter, man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no, it just is not. We did go to see the Security Project. That's correct. We did. Uh, if If you're not aware, they've actually been around for a long time now. It was yeah. Started by Jerry Murata, who played drums with Peter uh, for that classic period, or what yeah. some folks would call that classic period. He's a little bitter about it now, but um, and then Trey Gunn. And yeah. uh, they that was fantastic. Yeah, they essentially do mostly the first four albums. Yeah. They they venture a little outside of that. Uh, the, their singer now is Happy Rhodes, who had a career before this. So we saw them. It's less than about a year ago or less yeah. than a year ago. It was excellent at a local. Oh, they they were they were fantastic. So well, because if you I don't get a I chance don't... to see them. Peter wasn't touring a lot, no. right? And then I don't even know how much he touches on the, that period when he does a tour. A song here or there. I mean, I, I believe he plays like Salisbury Hill. Yeah. And he'll pull some, he'll pull like, I know he, he likes. He loves, or something. Yeah, but he, he loves to play like Santa Sinto. There's like some yeah. songs that he loves to play. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like not, I know he, he would do, you know, like not a normal life, like not. You'd be like, oh, if you're gonna play one song, you know, no, you're not gonna play that. You're gonna play, you know, not normal life, you know. So he 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 he's done a lot of that, but yeah, they focused a lot on that. It was very it was, very it was good. Neat. Um, yeah. And then they're all they're all just great musicians. Yeah, so, so that was um, kind of fun. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, that's the closest I've come to seeing Peter Gabriel. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, I, I, you know, hopefully this experience there won't be as much time between the next album. Again, you know, I think these kind of folks who are just, you know, uh, they can always he can always put something out and it's going to be good. Like I, I never doubt, even if he does another album, like oh, you know, is it going to be good? Is it not? You know, oh, he's, right. Always and a cons- very cons- we yeah. we both are. I'm yeah. nitpicking too, saying I don't like it. I don't listen to those albums, but I mean, I still recognize that from a creative perspective, he has been extremely consistent. Like not putting stuff out to the public doesn't mean that you're not creative and you're not being consistent, right? You know, um, and kudos to him actually for not just flooding a bunch of crap out there well, that we'd tell- all forget anyways. You could tell the scratch my back. Yes. Era was him like, I don't have anything new to say, yeah. so I'm going to cover yeah. songs that I like, and maybe people will cover my yeah. songs. So. I mean, you know how difficult it is on streaming sites to navigate through people that have tons of releases? Seriously. And, um, you know, I don't want to pick on them, but we talked about IQ, and we'll talk about them in the 90s, but somehow, whoever, they, they must have a different label for every album, which is odd because they have their own label. Yeah. But maybe it's just in the U.S. But every single album, almost, at least in the last 10 years is a different entry. Like if you look up IQ, there's like five uh-huh. albums you won't see. And then you look it up again and there's like five different IQs. You press on one, it's got one album there. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, that, is, that is troublesome. So, um, and as someone who sells as through these sites, I, I know that like you, you just have to do the metadata right and it works itself out. It's not yeah. like this is not, it's not an Apple mistake, you know? Yeah. Anyways, um, any final words on uh, Peter? No, uh, I would like to see him live someday, but I just haven't had did the opportunity. He tu- I think he, he was touring this yeah, over the summer. He was touring it, and uh, but I think it's over. Yeah. So, all yeah. right. Well, well. Last thing, shout out to Nod Hill Brewery. I'm I'm having Sound Chaser, and I'm having a Cosmic <laughs> Clock, a Hoppy Golden Ale. This is a local brewery to us in Connecticut. Uh, not only excellent beer, a very cool brewery. I've been yeah. there many times. And, you know, when you name Taproom. beers after Yes songs, I mean, there, come on. I mean, come on, yes. Uh, what are the other ones? Well, they have one called Mood for a Day, which okay. is uh, another good one. And I said, you know what, shouldn't they have one called Ales of Delirium? <laughs> on that note. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. See you next time. Bye.